Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, my guest is Melisabeth Flaco from the Embera Indigenous Community. Melisabeth will share with us the story of her family decades searched for a sanctuary to call home. And how, now that they found a place near the river and they're flourishing by sharing her community with the rest of the world, her home is being threatened by pollution and climate change. But she is organizing the youth of her community to fight back for Ego da Papa, as they call Mother Earth. I am sure you're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Mera, dije hola en mi idioma. Mi nombre es Milixa Flaco. I said hello in my native language. My name is Milizabeth Flaco. I'm going to tell a bit of the story. We are originally from the province of Darien here in Panama, connected to the border with Colombia. We decided to leave our territory because it is very close to Colombia. There was a lot of conflict with the guerrillas. The Embera are in the middle of the conflict and always have been. Many families were caught in the conflict and were very afraid, so they decided to look for new places, looking for safety. The Colombian Civil War is a 50-year violent struggle that forcibly displaced more than 8 million Colombians and left a quarter million dead. The second reason was the search for a better living. When the national parks were created, indigenous people were banned from hunting in the area, even though that's what we had always done. So the economic reasons were very important. So many families were moving precisely for that reason. Elizabeth is referring to a common practice around the world where national parks are created and indigenous peoples get evicted or are prohibited from hunting in their traditional lands that now have turned into national parks. And the last reason was in search of a better education. My dad always told me, since when he was little, he was a dreamer, like any other child. He wanted to study. But the community we were from didn't have a high school or university, so he could only do elementary school. That's as far as he could go. When he already had his family, he said, well, I need to move. I need to get out to be able to give my children the education I was never able to receive. This is where my family's adventure or story begins. Her dad sets out on a journey across many places in many years to find a place to call home. My dad searched many places, but he couldn't find a place to call home. A place that he could say, this is my place and I will never have to leave. So he kept looking and looking until in 2007, when we arrived in this territory. I was 10 years old and I remember it perfectly. The lake was so beautiful, clear water, no trash. We, the Emberas, have always been connected to a river or a lake. Wherever we go, we need to be close to water. With a home near the river, her family starts to flourish in a very interesting way. The community started with the purpose of a better life for all of us. Better economic opportunities, better education, better access to hospitals, and those things were made possible through tourism. Having tourists come to visit her home and her community it's a way to share her culture with the rest of the world. 
Pero yo digo que el turismo entra de una manera posible. Especially because tourists coming into our community wanting to learn about us. And even things like a little of our language allow us young people to continue living within our communities. The thing tourists want to know the most is about our traditional way of dressing. It's being decorated with a painting that we called Kipara in our language. In Spanish, they call it agua. It's the juice of a fruit. So people usually ask, is that a permanent tattoo or did it hurt a lot to paint it? How long did it take? How do you do that? The tourism leads her to be able to stay in her community and not leave to the city for jobs. I use myself as an example. If I didn't have a means to make a living in my community, I wouldn't be able to stay in my community. I would have not had to go to the city, be working for someone else, living a life I would not enjoy. I would not be happy in the city. I would have had to go to the city, be working for someone else, living a life I would not enjoy. I would not be happy in the city. Now in our community, we have our income, we have our houses, our land, we have water. We don't need to go to Panama City because we can find our needs here and we live in harmony with nature. So that comes to my point. How do we help Egoropapa, who is our mother earth, so we can continue living like this? Yet climate change and pollution on the river is affecting the paradise her and her family has found. But when I was about 15 years old, I started to see changes in the river. Sometimes we had to push the piragua. The piragua is like a canoe that we use. We use it to come and leave our community. So every year we are seeing changes in the river we had not seen before. Elizabeth is referring on how before the river would be normally high and there was no need to push the canoes into the river. But now, with climate change and droughts, they need to drag the canoes into the river. I said it's because of all the garbage that non-indigenous people are throwing in the river. It harms us, but they don't care. They don't care that there are two communities that live downstream and that we need the river, even for the water we drink. That is when we young people started the struggle, along with the little ones also our community, to showcase the ugly things done to our community. It's very complicated because you can put up signs that say, don't litter, don't throw garbage in the river, and to put it in a bin, but they don't do it. It's very sad to see the trash every single day. So we have a struggle to fight. Climate change and pollution is affecting communities like hers, as stated by UNICEF's First Child Climate Risk Index, that says that 9 out of 10 children in Latin America are exposed to at least two overlapping climate and environment shocks. What Melisabeth is doing by empowering the youth of her community on the forefront of climate resilience is an example we can all learn from and help support. Despite doing it constantly from time to time, usually every week, we meet with the children, with the other young people to pick up the garbage that is in the lake. So we do it from time to time. We sometimes use social networks to spread that news. It bothers me a lot because, as I told you, we at Embera have a very strong connection with water. It's very important to us. We live from it and seeing that they are dirtying it and no one is doing anything about it. It angers me a lot, but I believe that it is a fight that is not going to end. 
y que debo continuar con esto y que no, no me voy a rendir y no, voy a hacer que los niños sigan con ese proceso también. And I must continue with this. And I'm not going to give up. And I will make sure the children continue with keeping our rivers clean too. Before leaving, Elizabeth shares with us her final thoughts. Primero, entender eh, a los pueblos indígenas. First, understand that we indigenous people are the guardians of the forest. Second, is that if people want to help us, I think they can learn and share what we are doing inside our communities. Not to litter. Everyone can help by sharing this message on social media. This will help us a lot. Help the protectors of Egoro Papa, the name of Mother Earth, in our language. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to connect with Elizabeth, check out the links on the show descriptions. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Keep us a rating on Apple Podcasts, as this is how we spread our message. Thank you. Agoje. Agoje.